Hola, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners following our dreams, just striving to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right, and we're also moms. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Super Mama Sisterhood. sisterhood. And I was jumping on the waves with Carista and he was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. We get in the car, we get home. She cries because I woke her up. I was like, I wish I didn't have any kids within like three hours. (laughs) She stopped me right there and she was like, Carista, I want you to understand this. I seriously believe that our children choose us and we don't choose our children. Right. Your baby chose you to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He knew what kind of mom he wanted, and he chose you as his mom. Oh, that's right. Nice. We're all sisters here to inspire, support, and guide each other to dream bigger and to enjoy every moment of this extraordinary journey that is womanhood. Listas? Here we go. <laughs> Super mamas! Hello. Hello, Super Mamas. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. What's new? What's new? A lot is new. I feel like an, a, a new me this week. Tell me. Tell me what has been amazing. Um, I've been working out every day. Why? Well, I, I just did not work out Sunday, but um, we did a lot of errands. So that counts as working out. Yes. Um, I went back on the bike this, amazing. this Saturday. And, you know, just I'm back you feel to be- my... You, feel, you look better. I do. I feel like... Is it co- just after one week? One week. Wow. Yeah. I've been, you know... Because I was doing so good. Mm-hmm. And so I really know that it works. Yeah. So just getting back to it. It was hard. When I'm biking on Saturday, oh my God, it was so hard. Like I wanted to quit. But Krista was ahead of me. And I was like, no, if she if she keeps going, like, I, I can't stop, you yeah. know? Um, oh, you can bike. I can bike. <laughs> How does that feel? Amazing. Aww. It feels great. It feels great that I can bike. I'm so excited. And, um, you know, we've been... That was like... The, one of those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually making a dream come true. Like going all, all of us biking and then to the beach and then coming back. And it was like, como las películas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is Sabina on a tricycle? Sabina and Sixta are in a little train. Like it's like a, like a tricycle and a, and a canopy and a, and a cycle and it attaches to Ramiro's bike. So he pulls both of them. Great. That's exactly what I want when I go on yeah. my trip. Yeah. Yeah. And I told my husband, I said, oh, we can go on bikes. Why don't we do this? But don't we find that a double bike mm-hmm. with something in the middle so the child can be in the middle of us? I've I, seen that. I don't know if that happens. Yeah. And you can pull both of us, babe. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. Like my husband has to pull both of them. And then Krista goes in the middle and I go in the back. And it's good to go in the back because I can slow down sometimes and then I have to catch up really fast and then I have to do that. But it, it was fun. So oh, nice. I feel much better. And right after this, I'm going to the doctor mm-hmm. um, because I it's been a while and I want to make sure that everything's cool. You know, you, you know, just, yeah, you just, just self care. Take help. care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to go to the doctor today and summer's here i'm excited i also feel like i really love summer and i love the sun mm-hmm. so it, it sun always makes you happy happier oh, makes me happier how about you how about me i have it in my mind i got this idea crazy idea in my mind i don't know how it came to me i don't know where it came but i think i want to enroll in culinary school you did say that. You did say that. But you know when I say something and I get things in my mind, you know mm-hmm. how I am. 
I have been researching and thinking nonstop for the past (laughs) four days since I got this idea in my mind. And tomorrow I have an appointment to tour the school. Oh, nice. Um, So I'm going to go check it out. It's a lot of money. It's a (laughs) lot of money. But I, and so much commitment. So when I looked online, it said that, so your program, it's one of the best schools, culinary schools in Los Angeles. Um, In California, actually, the U.S., they have a second campus in the U.S. Their main campus is in New York, but I'm not oh, moving to New York. Right. I'm sorry. Um, and it's a one-year program, and you can do it in uh, by going to school. It said in on the site, it said Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So when I saw it, I, I, I thought twice a week from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Sounds like a lot of commitment from my part. But I think I can pull through. Yeah. And then I talked on the phone with the guy after I got so excited and <laughs> I had it in my head, had it in my head. You know, this is good. I think you can do it. You've always wanted to do it. Why don't you just go for it? Turns out it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday oh. from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So that's a lot. That's a that's lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, I keep going back and forth whether I want to just invest the time. Yeah. You know, at this point, very blessed. I'm thinking money-wise, I can do it. And I remember the first time I thought about going to culinary school was, I want to say, nine years ago. And I had that restaurant in Huntington Park. Yeah. And I remember thinking about it. I remember researching it. I remember getting excited about mm-hmm. it. But at the time... The idea of spending that money in school was just not a mm-hmm. possibility. Um, at the time, I thought it was outrageous and crazy. And now I'm at the point where it's just time. But I've just been praying so much <laughs> the past two days. <laughs> uh, tomorrow I'm going to tour it. And I think I think I'm just going to pull the trigger. I, I just keep thinking about in 10 years, what am I going to regret? Right. Am I going to regret missing out on a few parties and events in a year? Am I going to regret or am I going to regret never going to school? Yeah. Because it's only going to get mm-hmm. tougher as years go by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time's only going to get more uh, crunch, r- crunch, you know, in the next crunchier. Yeah. Crunchier, <laughs> you know, and I think about, well, I you know I'm not pregnant anymore. So, you know, even if I was to get pregnant, you know, it's going to take some time mm-hmm. and maybe they'll get pregnant throughout culinary school. I don't know. Who knows, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to do it. You know what? I think you should definitely do it. And I I, I, I have constant dreams about going back to school. Constant you dreams. You should do it. No, I am. And and I now that you said that, I'm, I really want to go to uh, for an accounting degree mm-hmm. in USC. <gasps> Yes. I really like that's that's the thing that's been in my mind. Like I want to go to get a, a, an accounting degree, but I want to go to USC campus. I, I don't know why. Like I maybe because Elizabeth went there, but I really been um, it, and I had constant dreams that I'm in school and that I don't make it to class on time or that I'm I'm there and then my teacher gets mad. And so school's been in my mind for years already. Um, but like you say, you know, it's like oh, it's not the time. It's not the time. Things are you know harder, but. It's like you say, it's not going to get easier. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's, I, I get excited when I think about school. I don't know why, but I get yeah, excited. Yeah, because you think about putting your pens in a, in a, in a, in a pouch <laughs> and carrying your binders around and getting your backpack and sitting down and being a teacher's pet. Like, I know how you are. So like, I get how excited you are, 
I know what I'm going to expect in culinary school. I'm acting like I'm already going. I haven't even told Cul- school. You see, culinary school sounds like super exciting because you're going to be actually, it's like you're it's experimenting. Labor. It's labor. Yeah. I'm gonna, but it's labor three times. The, uh, you know, I was thinking, why don't I just take a shift at the restaurant <laughs> three days? Go uh, with the chef. With, with, with chef, but it's different. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a commitment. It's you have to be there. It's accountability. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, I think I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to go for it. And I also think it's a challenge for myself. Yeah. I, I remember Pastor Holly in one of her um, sermons was talking about how she went back to school and she got her yeah, she just doctorate, mm-hmm. right? And she walked the stage and is commitment. And it's almost as if you were going to get a black, she got a black belt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm at the point where, yes, we do so much. We run our businesses. and But I'm not no- doing anything to nourish. Yeah that side of myself mm-hmm. and the idea of also going to get a master's and business was always something I wanted, but I don't know. Some There's something about digging deeper into my skills as a chef. I can't, and then I, <laughs> people call me chef too. I'm a, I always feel so self-conscious about it because it's, it's almost like someone calling you a doctor without going yeah. to, 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 to school right, for right, it. Right. So I told my husband, you know, next year, People are going to have to call me chef because I'm going to have my degree. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to have my everyone call me chef now. Um, Add that before your name, chef. Yeah, you chef Brisa. I can actually do it because I, you know, and, and that excites me too because, again, I just feel so self-conscious when people call me chef. And yes, I cook and yes, I own a restaurant and yes, I know how to, I'm publishing a cookbook, but I don't have that title, right, you right, know, right, I don't right. know. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of doctors, speaking of and doctors degrees and studying. <laughs> Wait, are you gonna be? No, you're not gonna be Doctor Abricia. No, no, but you know what? But it's the same thing. When I go to Starbucks, I'm gonna make someone put Chef Bricia on my freaking <laughs> Starbucks cup after I graduate. It's gonna be a lot of time involved. I don't know how. I, you know what? I am not even gonna think about that. I'm just gonna think about. It. I'm gonna tour the school tomorrow, and if I love it, I'm gonna sign up. Yeah, I, 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 my friend, a really good friend of mine, her husband just graduated, and I was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah." And he did online. And I guess now online, it's like you actually go to school because you have to be there at a yeah. certain time and you can't be nobody in the back. Like it's super rigid. I thought he was like, eh, online. But he was telling me, uh, but he did it. And he was like, you could do it, Paulina. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I mean, like, I, I just, you just have to commit. Yeah. It's a commitment. Well, anyway, as you were, yeah, it's a commitment. It's a commitment to doing something and just training your body and your mind that mm-hmm. once you put yourself through something, you're going to follow through, like biking, like working out. So to challenge yourself, to challenge myself, I spoke to my husband and he said, do you know if that's what you want to do? I support you. And he was like, oh, <laughs> knowing that he's the one that's going to take a lot of the load at home. But, you know, I know what's it going to be? Speaking of doctors and studying and being amazing this week on the show, we too have a doctor. Yay. <laughs> Dr. Sadika Kendi, medical director of Safe Kids Worldwide. Sadiq, Dr. Sadika Kendi was born and raised in Albany, Georgia. After graduating from Spelman College, she completed medical school training at the Yale wow. University. I know must. School of Medicine. <laughs> Dr. Kendi completed a residency at the Children's Hospital at Montefiore and the Bronx in social pediatrics, which has a focus on social justice and the health of underserved 
urban children. She then completed a pediatric emergency medicine fellowship at the Children's Hospital of, at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where she developed well, an interest in childhood injury prevention. She serves as a medical director of Safe Kids DC and is in the process of starting a safety center to provide injury prevention equipment and education to Washington DC's area families. She's one of a few physicians in the United States who is certified as a child passenger safety technician. Wow. And participates in injury prevention research and advocacy. Dr. Kendi's goal is to make Washington DC the safest city for children in the country. <gasps> She is amazing, incredible. We had the best time speaking to her, learning from her. I also want to take this moment to remind everyone that June is National Safety Month. You know, there's so many things that are dangerous in our house. Mm -hmm. I know we all freak out when our kids are in the streets or going to school, but there's so much we can do in our house. And we learned so much from her. I know you guys are going to love this episode. Without further ado, here is our interview with Dr. Kendi. Enjoy, guys. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kendi. Thank you. Do you love listening to people calling you doctor? <laughs> no, it's actually still very weird for me. It's in, when you go get your coffee at Starbucks, do you say Dr. Kendi and like you make people spell out your doctor in your coffee cup? Because I would. I don't, but next time I go to Starbucks, I might actually do that. I mean, you work for that. You work for that, girl. Like, I, that would make, I would make my husband call me doctor. Hey, doctor. That's sexy too. Hey, doctor. Yeah. So you come at a perfect time in yes. my sister's life. Balina, please. You know, I, I, you know, sometimes people tell me that the universe gives me content for the podcast, but for real, um, I have an 18 month old and Ooh. she's my third baby. Mm -hmm. um, and she, when she was born, she was, she was born at my house. We had a home birth. It was super sad and she was the perfect baby. She was super calm. She never cried. I could take her anywhere. I could do anything. I, like I know her. where this is going. <laughs> But she turned into a toddler and then it all went to hell from there. And I don't know. I really don't know what to do at this point. You know, there's so many different things. Like she's the kid that has already brushed her teeth with toilet water. She's a kid that has like written all over my walls. She falls every two minutes. She literally slides down the stairs. She runs. It's, I don't, we can't keep up with her. And I, I'm scared because now she's starting to have scratches all over and things. And she puts everything on her mouth. And it's scary, you know, at this point, because one, I have three children and they outnumber me, you know, by three. So um, it's, it's kind of, I'm in the middle of this debacle of, I don't know how to handle her, even though she's my third baby. Um, and I think I thought I had plenty of experience, not with this one. She's, she's a challenge for me. So please help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're seeing what I think a lot of parents see that every child is different and it's mm -hmm. so hard to anticipate what they're going to do next. And that's why injury prevention can be so hard because you just never know what your child is going to get into, what they'll, what skill they'll pick up. So mm -hmm. You know, they usually don't crawl, you know, up on the table, but all of a sudden they see something they like and they figure out how to pull the chair and like climb up. So, you know, I feel like that's really one of the challenges. This little girl has 
a stool she that does. she carries around the house. She does. She has a little stool that she she <sighs> loves. And, you know, she, if I'm cooking, she brings it in the kitchen and she she's like trying to reach into the stove when I'm trying to cook. And then I have to take her and, and, and my kitchen is open. So I can't even put a gate, you know, in the kitchen because that would be like a really big gate. And so then she climbs or whenever they're, we're doing laundry, she goes and she like punches all the buttons in there. And, you know, if, if another day I was taking a shower and I didn't notice that she came in and then she just went into the shower with me with clothes and everything. So it, it's like she's that kind of child right now. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit. Let's start with maybe a lesson on baby proving one-on-one yes. how to, you know, when you are introducing a child into your home, at what point should you start doing childproofing? I remember when I was, when my child was a few months old, I took him to a class called Rye, R-I-E. And they told us that we should baby proof the home right away. So the child is grows up knowing boundaries right away that we shouldn't introduce them later on. I would love to get your intake and your expertise on this subject. So I would say you want to baby much earlier than you think you need to. Okay. Whenever my friends have babies as like one of the gifts that I always give at the baby shower is a whole kit for childproofing the house. Okay. 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 Great idea. Is there a specific one? What does it look like? Is it something that we should find online? What what does it get include? Tell me. Tell us. My own thing. Um, there are there are kits out there that you can find that are kind of put together that you can buy at any major store. Uh-huh. Then we'll just go and pick out the things that I like and put them all in a nice basket and make it look pretty. Yeah, and give it to them. I mean, there's a, there's not one kit that I would say, oh yeah, like that's the perfect one. You can do it yourself and find the best deals and put them together, you know, um, in a basket or something that looks nice to give people. But mm. But I think it's important to start immediately. And the reason is because if you think about that, even the first year of a child's life, it is so crazy. Like you're not getting a lot of sleep. It's busy. There's a lot going on. And before you know it, the kid is running around the house. Mm -hmm. And so I I think you really have to think about childproofing from the very beginning. Right, right, right. And very beginning, you mean before they come home when they're two months old, one month old, or very beginning... Then you're building the crib. <laughs> I really want to start planning it even when before they're born, because as oh, you're wow. setting up your nursery, um, you want to think about like, okay, you know, how am I setting this up? Like, what is this going to be safe when they're old enough to actually pull up to a stand? Like, is uh, yeah, right beside a window where they could, you know, pull the window up and fall through? You know, so I think thinking about those things even before they're born is really important. Right. Um, and especially because a lot of people do things to their home to really prepare for the child's birth. Mm-hmm. As you're preparing, just like as you're tidying up later and thinking about, you know, doing things to the house, you want to start thinking about childproofing. Yeah. yeah. And I think when when you're, um, you're a first-time mom, you also are thinking like, oh my God, this looks so cute. Like <laughs> safety is not your priority. You're like, how is this room going to look? What's the theme that I'm going for? What colors? What things? And I think we base our choices on aesthetic more than safety, um, more as a first-time mom. But I think 
I mean, even me, you know, with my third baby, it was about like how the room is going to look and how it's going to be. And my changing table is actually a drawer, some drawers. It's not really like a full on changing table. And now that you said that, I was like, I didn't even think about that before. I was just like, oh, this looks cute. And I'm just going to do it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's important. And I mean, cute is good. I am a fan (laughs) of cute. So cute is fine. But you also want to think about, okay, is it, is this going to be safe? Especially as the child grows, because you know, I mean, they grow and develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you kind of have to plan for the next step. And you, I mean, you have an 18 month old, it's hard to stay ahead of them, right? Like they, they grow and develop so quickly that it's hard to stay ahead of them. So you really want to plan ahead. Right. Now we know about the standard baby proof items. And when I mean standard, in my mind, the first thing that comes to mind are plug covers, doorknob handle, latch locks, maybe the items that you put over your stove so kids don't do. Do you have any personal hacks maybe when these items don't work? Or are there any new safety slash organizational products that you are absolutely loving right now or that you can recommend? I think, you know, when I was thinking about childproofing, I really just thought about those three things. Let me make sure my drawers can't open. Uh, Let me put plugs on all of the, I mean, covers on all the plugs, electrical plugs. And let me see if I can put something over my stove, which the ones that I got didn't fit. So I, what are, are there any products that you recommend aside from those? What are the standard? What are, what should we be looking for? You know, it can vary depending on where you live. Okay. So for example, if you have stairs, then baby gates are really important. Right. Um, it really depends. And what I usually recommend to families is like walk around your entire house and mm-hmm. better yet crawl around your house, like get down mm-hmm. to the level mm-hmm. and just look at what they'll be encountering. And that can really help you to figure out what needs to be childproof. So when it comes to products, I mean, you said really many of the standard ones. So the the outlet covers, I think a lot of people think about, um, people think about the um, doorknob covers, you know, to make sure the child can't go into doors where they shouldn't be. Um, Baby gates are another standard one. Um, And then I think the other thing is just thinking about various hazards in the home, because sometimes it's not even necessarily having a product, but it's thinking about, okay, where do I usually put my purse down when I come home? I keep all kinds of medications. So I probably shouldn't put my purse down on the floor or in this low chair where the child can reach. I should maybe hang it on a hook somewhere. Mm. Um, so oh, got it. Specific products. It's also just kind of thinking about how your house is organized. So that's why sometimes it's helpful to think about it as you're organizing your house, you know, to think about, okay, like, is this is organized, this is cute, but is this also safe? Yeah. Yeah. What do you find is the most common home related injury you see um, in, in your patients that can be fixed with organization or safety precautions? What is the number one injury you see or, you know, yeah, or accident? Yeah, I would say, so I work in a pediatric emergency department. So I Mm. see injuries all the time. (laughs) It varies depending on, I mean, injuries are the number one killer of children, unfortunately. So I'm sorry. What is are the um, killer of children. Yeah. And then there's a breakdown between motor vehicle crashes. Drowning is another thing, especially depending on the area. So California Mm -hmm. and Florida, there are a lot of pools. And so, you know, those are areas where you can often see more drownings. But in general, I would say personally, 
when I'm working in the ER, um, one of the things I see very commonly is falls in younger children. So falls like downstairs um, Mm -hmm. are probably one of the more common home-related injuries that I see. Um, The other is poisonings or ingestions. That's the other Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. commonly. And I think with falls, it's really, it's often stairs that either people didn't have, like they might've had the gate, but it wasn't actually closed or mm. it wasn't actually attached or they're at someone else's home. And so right. a, a toddler's going to run around wherever they are in your grandma's house or aunt's house or uncle's house and there are stairs that don't actually have a gate. Um, then that can sometimes be, you know, where a child ends up falling. And then yeah. another other thing. So, you know, again, it's often, sometimes it's at home. Sometimes it's at someone else's home. But I think people often think about putting their medication away, um, like the medication that they don't use very often, but they don't think about like over-the-counter medicines, vitamins. Those can actually be very dangerous for small kids. Mm -hmm. And those are things that many people have in their purse or in their wallet or on their bedside table. So they're usually colorful and attractive. Right. The kids are like, oh, that's my kids think they're candy. Yeah, like, especially like, now there's so many vitamins that come yeah. as gummies. They come as gummies. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, yeah. Like, I remember one time. that aren't gummies. Like, right. they, you know, they look pretty. They're like red or yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when my, my mom had some sleeping gummies and she had left, she was visiting me and she left one by her bed um, and she was brushing her teeth and my four-year-old went and grab it, grabbed it and she actually ingested it. Um, the good Two, thing was, right? or just one? no, she only oh. did one and my mom was so freaked out and I was just almost like just observing her, but all she did was sleep the whole night. She literally went to sleep, but we saw how dangerous it was because she, they look like gummies and she just thought it was candy and she yeah. went and grabbed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those things are scary, scary, scary. And it can happen very quickly. That's oh, yeah. oh my god! Move fast, and you know sometimes you you turn your back They're like little ninjas. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah really. Uh, they like move quietly that one time. Yeah. And, you know, in a couple seconds they can. Uh, so I have a question about about that because that you know my, my my she's actually like twenty months already. But so we have a backyard, right? And you know the backyard there's like a lot of little flowers, and and um, I have a lot of cacti. So she's attracted to those little, they look hard and, and she breaks them. And, you know, she moves so fast that she's always picking things up from the floor. And the other day she had like had a bug and she put it in her mouth. Like how, how, you know, how worried should, should I be about those things or her putting dirt Nature. in her mouth of like, you know, like bugs or plants. I don't have any plants that are, um, you know, what do you call it? Venenosis. Poisonous. Poisonous. But still, like, I wonder, you know, there, I, I know there's like stray cats that sometimes go through the backyards. And um, the other day, I, I was like, where did you pick up this apple? And my kids were like, oh, it was like in the backyard. I don't know. It was like a day old from the backyard. And she, the other kid dropped it and then she picked it up and she ate it. And I was like, oh my God, should I, you know, at what point should I rush to the hospital? <laughs> at what point, you know, I, I'm just really worried for and she's gonna start school soon and i i I just don't know i don't know when she transform into this little (laughs) i don't know jack jack for real we call her jack jack (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's hard to say just because it can vary so much depending on what it is she puts in her mouth but i would 
Right. I think the most important thing is to have the number for poison control. So mm. poison control is a free service. They're mm. 24-7. The number is 1-800-222-1222. So it's oh. easy to remember and you can like write it down, put it up in the house. So like babysitters have it, family members have it. And the nice thing is when it comes to like ingestions, like kids putting things in their mouth um, that you're not sure about, they can be really helpful. Because the thing is, there's some things that you don't really worry about. Okay, they'll be okay. fine. And then there are other things and sometimes things that you don't anticipate that can actually be very dangerous. So I think if there's a question at all, I mean, one, you can always call your pediatrician. But I, the other thing is, you know, poison control, like I said, is available 24-7, 365 a year. Um, and they can be really helpful. And they'll tell you, oh, you know, that should be fine. You can just watch it for a couple hours. Or they'll say, you know, take it to an ER now. Got um, it. Um, yeah, they can be really, really helpful. That's that's Speed good dial. to know. That's good to know. And um, I, another question that came to my mind right now was sometimes, you know, my sister and I leave the house and we leave babysitters or mm-hmm. what information should we leave behind with them? Or what do you recommend we leave We leave without, you know, if you take a trip and you, you leave them, even with your parents, with your siblings, mm-hmm. what information should we leave behind um, in case we are not there to make decisions or if something happens, what information should all parents leave behind in their house, in the fridge door or whatever? Like what information should we have at hand at all times? So the first thing, and this is not really information, but I think it's important for anyone who's going to be taking care of your kids to mm-hmm. know CPR. And like Ooh, oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born. I got the whole family together. We got a little doll and we went over this is CPR. This is, you know, this is how you perform it everywhere. Um, There are free classes that you can take um, and that, you know, family members can take to learn it. And I think that is such a life-saving skill. And of course the hope is they'll never need it, but it's such a life-saving skill that I just think it's important for anybody who's taking care of your kids to know. Um, And then I think in terms of information, you know, to leave them with, of course, like some information to be able to contact you, but also I think the poison control number um, is really important. And then the pediatrician's contact information is the other thing that, um, that I would say, Um, you know, I think those are the most important things for someone to know. That's true. I, I, you know, we don't know CPR I adults, and I think we, it's important that we take a class or I don't know, we should do something, maybe do a Instagram live or something, take yeah. a class that, that, because I feel like not a lot of people, not a lot of yes. people know CPR mm-hmm. and that, it's not even also for the kids. It's also for like, so, you know, if, if my husband like gets something stuck in his throat or, you know, it's just like a life-saving skill overall, not only for children. Right. right. Um, yeah. Right. Well, thank you. We actually asked, um, or listeners for questions that they had for you. And okay. we have a bunch of questions. Do uh, you want to start with the first one? Yeah. A lot of them came from kitchen safety and mm-hmm. it's really, how do you keep your little ones away from the stove and how do you secure the oven? Yes. Yeah. That's a hard one um, <laughs> because, you know, it's, there are large baby gates. So you had mentioned before, like, because your kitchen's open, you need an incredibly large Mm -hmm. baby. There are baby gates that like can connect and like get pretty large. The challenge is it's not very convenient to use something like that. And honestly, supervision is really, I think the, the biggest thing when it comes to 
keeping your kids safe in the kitchen. So there are covers that you can get for the stove that kind of, you know, keeps kids from being able to reach the knobs. Um, and those can be really helpful if you can find ones that fit. Now with a lot of the custom stoves, it can be harder to find, you know, childproofing um, right. Um, pieces, you know, that will really fit it appropriately. So that's one option. But I think the most important thing is when the, the stove or the oven is on to have someone supervising, like they're supervising everything so that the child can't get to it. Because the thing is, even you can have all the best safety products in the world in your house, but a child will figure out a way to get past them without some supervision. Like supervision is really important. And even having those products is not a substitute for, for good supervision. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh God. Is there any cleaning supplies that are safe and natural for kids and family and pets? Or do you recommend that people start doing their own, <laughs> making their own, You're like DIY cleaning products? <laughs> well, I mean, there are some, and usually they're labeled for whether or not they're toxic or non-toxic. I mean, one of the things that, and this is not an injury prevention thing, this is just my thing, you know, vinegar and baking soda can do a whole bunch in the mm-hmm, house mm-hmm. and generally are not, you know, not really toxic for kids. I'm, I'm not as familiar with pets. I'm not a veterinarian and I'm not sure yeah, that's how true. the dog to die because they drank vinegar. <laughs> but um, but it's fine with the kid, it's fine with the pet. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. I want to make that assumption. And Except have chocolate. Chocolate's really dangerous. Not chocolate, for, for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for dogs. Anyway, um, sorry. We're not pet mamas, okay? We're super mamas. <laughs> Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, those are often like my go-tos in my house, but, um, but yeah, usually the products do say, you know, if they're toxic or non-toxic. And the nice thing is that's another place where if a child gets into something, you can call poison control and they can go over with you, you know, what it is, what the name of the product is, look up exactly what's in it and and determine whether or not it's. And for example, I have a, I have a, um, almost eight year old and I feel like at this point she's able to, you know, like serve her own cereal and, you know, wash her own fruit. At at what age is it um, appropriate to start teaching them or letting them even use knives, sharp objects around the kitchen? Because, you know, sometimes she wants to cut her grapes or, and I've seen that there's some utensils that are kid friendly, but I want to, you know, I want to know like what's the age for older kids to start um, using those things around, you know, what have you, what's your experience with that? Well, the problem is there's not one specific age, just because mm-hmm. kids can vary so much. I mean, right. there's some adults who probably shouldn't be using sharp instruments. Or <laughs> For so, real. In terms of development, I mean, all jokes aside, you know, just thinking about development, um, you know, it can really vary. And so I think there are some eight-year-olds who with supervision and with like good teaching, okay, this is exactly how you do it. And you want to make sure, you know, you do it without being distracted. And, and it's the kind mm-hmm. of child who can do that. Right. Then that might be okay. But there's some eight-year-olds who are just not ready. Okay. Um, and there, you know, there's some teenagers, like they're 13 or 14. There's some adults that are not ready for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, it, it really depends on the child. And I think the important thing is that they're able to, um, to, you know, learn a specific technique, use that, not be distracted. 
Um, and you know, that, that can really vary depending on the child. Yeah. Got it. I want to go back a little bit to the cleaning products. I know there's like, there's innovation, especially now with liquid laundry packets, right? Yeah. That's made making laundry easier. And, you know, as a parent, as a mom who's busy, as someone who hates doing laundry, <laughs> I can really appreciate this. I mean, I don't, I don't know one person who actually enjoys every day. Like, here, let me laundry day. Yay. Right. Uh-uh, um, but I know liquid laundry packets have made it easier. But for a curious child, getting a hold of laundry packets can be extremely, extremely dangerous. Yeah. Right. Um, which is why, I'm, why I think it's important to remember that like in any other household cleaning product, laundry packets need to be handled with great care to prevent unintended exposure. Do you have any tips on how to limit that exposure? Yeah, so you're right. I mean, laundry packets are something that are fairly new. And so, for example, when I was training 10 years ago, mm-hmm laundry packets didn't exist. So this is really a new thing in the last several years when they, um, you know, they were developed and they're much more convenient for families many times. But what we've seen is they look really pretty. So, you know, mm-hmm. you think about the laundry pack, it, almost, it looks like a candy or something. It's like yeah. a swirl and it's colorful. Mm-hmm. And so what was happening is children would see those, put them in their mouths, it would dissolve quickly and, um, and it would actually make them very, very sick. Wow. And so it's really important for any laundry detergent at all, um, but specifically the packets too, to keep those high kind of up and out of reach of the child. Mm-hmm. So I would think of it like medicine, like you want to keep it high and kind of away from the child mm-hmm. because very, very dangerous um, for kids. Awesome. Now we have other questions. Home safety. Home safety. How do you secure a home with stairs and a toddler who climbs over all the baby gates? Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know how to help you, girlfriend. Like a monkey? (laughs) (laughs) Parson baby? (laughs) Really hard one. And the issue is if they can climb over the baby gate, then it's actually more dangerous to keep the gate. Mm. you You can imagine, like, then they're even higher... And so if they fall, they're falling off the gate, then onto the stairs. It, it, mm-hmm. it, just, it makes it worse. So if, if either you get a different kind of gate that they can't easily climb, like I would try to figure out why, how, and why they're climbing that gate. Mm-hmm. If they're the kind of kid where they just, they figured it out and no matter what gate it is, they're going to climb over it. It's better not to have the gate at all. Um, and then there, there's not substitute <laughs> get a house without stairs um, <laughs> really but that's challenging just because once they're climbing over the gate it, it is no longer helping it's actually it can actually be more dangerous yeah i have seen also videos of kids climbing over their crib too mm-hmm. and, and escaping the crib mm-hmm. they call them el chapo kids <laughs> el chapo babies <laughs> Do you, do you, what, what advice do you have for those parents? They can no longer sleep in a crib, honestly. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Child, like once they start climbing out of the crib, it's time to break the crib down and either give them a, either a toddler bed, a mattress on the floor, but they really should not mm-hmm. sleep in a crib anymore. So, you know, the time that we recommend a child going from a crib to like a toddler bed can vary depending on, again, their age and their development. But like one kind of hard line is, okay, once they've figured out how to escape, then then they need to come out of the crib. Now, one thing I should say, though, is, you know, in the crib, how you can set the, um, the height of the yes, mattress, right. mm-hmm. the height of the mattress. 
it is important to remember that as a child gets older, the height of the mattress needs to be brought down as far as possible. Right. And the reason is because you can imagine if it's higher up, that means it's easier for them to get out. And so one, one thing that you can do before having to take them out of the crib is as they're getting older, especially once they're tall enough to kind of pull to a stand, bring the, the mattress down as far as possible, because that will make it harder for them to be able to, to climb out. Got it. I kept thinking about comebacks or El Chapo and I just couldn't come up with one. <laughs> Chapo children. El, El Chapo, Chapo babies. children. <laughs> okay. So how do you secure the front door with a toddler slash child that can reach all the locks? Ooh, that's my child. Yeah. So there are doorknob covers <laughs> that you can use um, depending on the type of knob. There are covers that you can use so that the child can actually, you know, grab the, mm-hmm. the knob and turn it. Um, and that's, that's probably the best way. But that's like challenging for a parent to open that door. Like I've had those before. And well, I'm then like, let your child escape the then. Door. That'll be like a real chapel baby. It's like you getting know, out of my crib and the house. You know, that's the thing you, you, about like, for example, the toilet, right? I have a bladder issue. I have three kids and I have a bladder issue. So locking that toilet for me would be torture because like, having to figure it out to open it whenever like, I really, you know, like when I need to go, I need to go. You have to go in the tub. <laughs> I'd be like, ah! So, you know, it's a challenge. I heard like, about that last night, actually, about you. Peeing myself? Peeing. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And, like, I've seen, you know, those doorknobs I used to have, and they were so annoying because I, I had to go, like, somewhere, and I couldn't open the door, and I was like, ah! So, you know, it's, um, they need to, like, make some baby-proof doorknobs that are... Not parent-proof? N- not parent-proof, because that <laughs> is hard. Like, it's hard to do that. And, and then there's so many different ones. Like if I go to someone's house, they just, they're just so complicated. Yeah. They are yeah. complicated. Okay. And uh, another question. How do you recommend hiding inter- uh, wires, TV slash yeah. internet phone wires from teething children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so it depends on the setup. You know, now there mm-hmm. are a lot of houses where they have a way that you can actually tuck the wires like behind for example, if you have a TV, you could mount it and tuck the wires behind uh-huh. it. And really, the safest thing is to have a TV mounted, not to have it like on a, a desk. A stand. Mm. On a stand, yeah. Um, and that's just because TV tip-overs are one of the things that can be very dangerous for kids. I've seen really badly injured and even killed from TV <gasps> tip-overs. Yeah. Because a flat screen TV seems really light for us, but you can imagine if a kid pulls it over on themselves and it falls onto them, I mean, the, the worst things that we see are really bad head injuries um, because, you know, it can put a lot of weight against them. So ideally you want to, um, ideally you want to um, have a TV mounted. And so with that, you can have the wires kind of up and away. So I, that kind of um, takes care of two things. I think the other thing is there are... Um, there are these Velcro, I don't know what you call them, but they're like strips that are Velcro. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Like wrap around the wires mm-hmm. to hold them together. And oh, that's a good one. Yes. And that can be helpful because usually a child, if they're going to try to get something to chew on, it's going to be something that they can like get their mouth around. Like it's right. not going to be big and more cumbersome. Right. And so right. Tuck all the wires together and put them together with that, with something, with that or something like that. Um, that's another way to try to deter them. Awesome. And um, another question that we received was, do you have any safety tips when leaving tweens slash teens home alone? And at what age can we leave children alone? Uh, legally. Legally. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know the answer to legally, 
you can leave them alone. Um, the legal part is not my expertise, so I'm not sure on that. <laughs> In terms of at what age, safely. That, that again, is another another. Is it like question. a personal choice? It, I, really, I think it's a personal choice. And it also depends on the kid. Um, it, it can vary. I know. Would you leave Crystal on right now? No. She's seven. No, I always joke with her. And I'm like, okay, so you're babysitting today. And she's like, but mom, what am I going to do? And I was like, just eat cereal and just watch TV. <laughs> just don't die. Don't die. <laughs> but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave her. I don't think she has skills. So what are some safety tips and tweens? Some skills that teens. they should have, I guess. Yes. Some yeah. skills that they sh- the kids should have in order CPR. to be left alone. So judgment. Think- good judgment. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's something that you can't really teach, right? Like you can try to teach it, but sometimes part of that is maturity. And so that's why it's hard to say, mm-hmm. okay, at this age with these, you know, with these skills, a child can be at home. It's it's sometimes hard to say. So I think they they have to be able to um they have to be able to not get distracted and um, kind of focus on what's imp- what the important thing is at hand. They have to be able to respond in an emergency. So if there's an emergency, they know who to call, how to call, what to do. Um, they they need to be responsible enough that they're actually going to be at home, especially if they're with other siblings. Like you know that they will supervise them adequately. Um, that can be a challenge with a teenager, especially if there are other kids, younger kids at home. Um, I, I, again, CPR, I think is very important. And so I think they should be trained in CPR. So, um, so it's, it's hard to give a nice, clean, crisp answer for that right. just because it's, it's partly a personal decision, but it's also partly dependent on the child and how mature they are um, and what your comfort level is. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, my child's five, but he's very mature. That's why I left him alone. <laughs> I would say five is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, another question that we had was uh, toy safety. So how do you organize hazardous toys that your older children love, but could be a choking hazard for your younger ones? And that, that can definitely be challenging because right, the smaller toys can be a choking hazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've seen so many kids in the emergency department who were like fed something by their sibling. So, and not because, you know, the older sibling wasn't trying to hurt them, but you know, right. they were playing and that's what happened. They were feeding them. You yes, know? <laughs> um, but they were being responsible. Lego and not, you know, food. So, um, so I think one of the things is trying to teach the older child to put their toys away when they're mm-hmm. done um, so that, you know, they're not like little toys kind of around for a younger child to be able to access. So, and again, that kind of speaks to the tidying part, like thinking about the safety um, can really, the two can go hand in hand. So I think trying to do that um, when the kids are playing together, I think just having some supervision or maybe having the older child um, not play with those smaller toys when they're playing with the, the younger child. But um, it, it can be, definitely be challenging. I mean, as a parent myself, I know that, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, we'll just keep them separate. That, mm-hmm. that in yeah. reality, mm-hmm. it's just about impossible to yeah. do. So, yeah. yes, I think like teaching the older child and many times I think kids like to have some responsibilities. So teaching them, okay, it's important to put, you know, these toys away when you're done to make sure that your little brother, or your little sister 
um, doesn't get into them. So yeah, right. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so um, before we move on to our Super Map Pick and Tip of the Week segment, I want to encourage everyone um, to visit popsugar.com for more tips on how to tidy a home and have a safe home. And look for the article titled Unexpected Areas in Tu Casa That Could Use a Kid Safety Upgrade. Every area in Tu Casa <laughs> needs <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, let's take a break and come back with the Super Mama Pick or Tip of the Week. We'll be right back. Hey, Super Mamas, Paulina and Brisa here. We just want to remind you to rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, have you seen us rocking our Super Mamas swag? Well, we want you to join in. Use promo code SMPODCAST at checkout on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off your next order. Again, that's code SMPODCAST on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off. Okay, now back to the show. And we're back with our Supermama pick or tip of the week where we share everything and anything that we are absolutely loving. Doctor? <laughs> What are you absolutely loving right now? <laughs> what are you obsessed with right now? It's very boring. But no, it's, I'm sure it's not. I just found a new task list. Ooh. For my, like for my phone. Okay. I'm loving. Because what? as you know, I'm a full-time physician, researcher, and I have a husband and a daughter. And so lots of different things that yep. mm-hmm. I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep track of. And so um Someone just told me about Google Keep. Oh, it's been out. Yes, Google Keep. So it's an app that you can download that um, allows you to put in notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And with those notes, like if you're just thinking of something, you can just write down the note. If you want to take a picture of, you know, something to put with the note, you can actually attach the picture to the note and it actually Mm -hmm. shows up on your screen. And it also has a to-do list. So you can put a to-do list up or like a grocery list and then you can share it with someone. So like I could share it with my husband and we could both go shopping. I can check off some things. He can check off others and mm-hmm. both of our apps upload update so that we can see what's been purchased and what hasn't been. And it's blowing my mind. That is oh, amazing. Well, that yeah. is incredible. Anything to keep us more sane and organized. <laughs> I am 100% in. Yeah. Yes. Felina, do you have any so picks? My tip is also very simple because I am not the organizational guru like you. <laughs> I'm uh, not. Although, low key, I would, would love to be a professional organizer. I know. If you, if everything else <laughs> fails, you should go into that business. <laughs> um, but you know, something that I have used in my like, I love, and I think we've said this before on the show, but I love baskets too. Like any, like from like tiny baskets to big baskets. And what I found, what I have found, because my kids are inundated with toys and, you know, they leave them everywhere. So now I have a basket in the living room and I have a basket, you know, in the hallway and I have a basket even in my room. So we're like, if I see toys, I just put them in the basket and nobody knows there's a mess inside the basket, mm-hmm. but, you know, they look pretty and they're just there. So, um, baskets you know and there's so many out there and there's you can just find baskets like that are Anywhere. super cheap and super cute and you know i think you brought some from oaxaca too recently mm-hmm. right so baskets 
are my organizational tip because that's as far as I get it as for organized. <laughs> I know I have baskets all over my house. Mm-hmm. And that is that's the easiest way to clean up. It is. And it looks great. And your, house, it in and, your, and your house looks put together. And it's like, oh, what a cute basket. But you don't know it's a bunch of crap exactly. in there. You don't want to empty the basket. Um, my pick is actually going to be, um, I know we were just talking earlier about the detergent packets. We received the Tide Pods um, and the Free and Gentle. Yes. Number one, it looks, re- I have the white one, the free, the, mm-hmm. the um, sensitive skin. Yes. Is it called sensitive skin? Yeah, that's the one I have too. Right. Because of all the issues. skin issues that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sensitive tie that comes in a white package looks great. Not only does it look great when you put it up on the counter, but I, it, was my, it has been my first time actually washing with these pots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea how amazing they were. And I didn't, and I put it up on, on Instagram and I, and I have seen so many moms that they use them too and how they actually love them. Mm-hmm. I'm super old school. I was just, I was just using liquid. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> know there's so much innovation out there. Um, but yeah, try them yeah, out. Um, our, our younger sister, Elizabeth, she's, that's all she uses pods. Yeah. And she always told me, and I always in my mind, you know, like we mom was so, you know, yeah, thorough. our mom was, yeah, my, my mom. mom is super old school with, with like cleaning this. Mm-hmm. So my mom would be like, but that's not, it, it doesn't get to the clothes. So then when, uh, when I found out how they actually work and how fast they dissolve, like, it, did you know that if you put them in your hand, they start dissolving like right away? Like, as soon as they there's like heat or warmth, they, they just start dissolving. So, I was like, no, they actually dissolve pretty quickly. Like, I had mm-hmm. it in my mind that they get stuck in the clothes, but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It actually, like, you know, their design and the technology is so good now that they just <laughs> <laughs> all this, all this innovation, all this innovation. disruption, <laughs> this disruption. So, they're um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, doctor. I we really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope we have you back. I have a last Again, question for you. Again, you come at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. I have a last question for you. Of course. Is your life like Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> My sister is obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. And every time she meets a doctor, she just like wants to know everything what's I'm happening. I'm like, I want to know everything. I want to know all the all the cheese in the in the hospital. Like what's happening? Grey's, Who's hooking up with who? <laughs> Grey's Anatomy is so much more juicy than the real thing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to break it down to you. I used to watch Grey's Anatomy just for the entertainment because right. it was so entertaining just to see the, the crazy things that they would they would I have. know. I know. Well anyway. Well I thank you so much. Know. Oh and also just it's called sorry, I'm going back. It's um they're called Tide Pots Free and Gentle. Free and gentle. Yes. Free and gentle are the ones that come in the cute white and blue packaging. And they're great for the skin, they're natural, they're, yes. they're not harsh on your skin. Yeah. Those are the ones that I used to for my family because yeah. eczema and psoriasis and all of that. Well, again, thank you so much for coming. I hope you have you. I hope we have you back very, very soon. Thank okay. you. Thanks so much. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter 
also at underscore Supermamas and in el face at Supermamas Podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your Supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline, 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Supermama! <laughs>